ever since I got my DVR, I have been on a quest to avoid all commercials. Uh, it usually works, except when watching the, uh, the, the live sports. I'm sure I'll have to sit through a few commercials tonight as I cheer on the Cavs. Um, and, uh, but, but most of the time, the, the exception is there are times, and usually it's during those live sporting events, that, uh, that there are the, the, the commercials for certain, um, medications, uh, drugs. And, uh, I just, I, I don't really tune in except at the very end when, uh, when they give all the, the guy talks really loud, you know, or really fast and gives all the possible things that might happen should you take this thing. Um, Certain side effects, and so I, just a couple. I don't know if you, you've listened to those or not. Um, Ambien, the sleep aid. Maybe you know that. Maybe I hope this doesn't scare anybody if you're taking any of these things. But um, it says that Ambien can actually cause quote sleepwalking or sleep eating. So there we go. Uh, Mirapex is a drug for restless leg syndrome. And it says that you need to, quote, tell your doctor if you experience increased urges to gamble. <laughs> Who knew that uh, a medication could cause you to have the urge to gamble? Uh, the over-the-counter weight loss uh, drug Ally, uh, A-L-L-I, uh, it says you ca- that it can cause, sorry to, 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 to bring this to you, but unpleasant and hard-to-control gastrointestinal reactions. That... That's the sanctified way of talking about those things, I guess. Uh, Celebrex for arthritis can cause, among many other things, death. Um, so uh, uh, anyway, without undo- going into all those things that might scare us uh, off our medications, uh, I, I think it's, it's, I mean, we take these things so that they will influence us, right? Uh, we take them for certain, uh, for the effects that they will have upon on the, the, the things that we're struggling with. Um, but if... Um, if, uh, if, if we take them, we also recognize that there are some side effects or some unintended influences that, uh, that they may have on us. Uh, certain substances influence how we function and how we feel. Uh, obviously, the, uh, the, the term, uh, DUI, uh, driving under the influence, acknowledges that alcohol can impair or influence, uh, our abilities to the extent that we're, we're not safe to drive. Uh, uh, it has a noticeable influence over a person's ability to function. Uh, people get uh, giddy or mean or goofy or, or whatever uh, under the influence. The same thing was true in, in, in Jesus' day. People noticed and, and they could tell when other people uh, were intoxicated or under the influence. That's what the disciples were accused of uh, on the day of Pentecost uh, in Acts chapter 2. Uh, so so the, the disciples were loudly going through the streets of, of Jerusalem at 9 o'clock in the morning uh, proclaiming in unlearned languages uh, the, uh, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, to a, a crowd that continued to gather from all over the place. Uh, Acts 2.13 says that some people made fun of them, it says, as saying that they had, quote, had too much wine. They were under the influence, but they were not under the influence of alcohol. They were under the influence of the Holy Spirit uh, who had just been poured out on them. So I guess we have to ask a question, if the Holy Spirit, uh, if we open ourselves up to the influence of the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, if, if we allow him to, to, to fill us, to mold us, to shape us, to use us, are we, are, are we going to act a little crazy? 
Well, maybe, I guess, but not necessarily. Here's, here's the truth, I guess. Bottom line, uh, what, what we're kind of, what I'm kind of getting at, uh, we've, uh, this is the third week now we've been walking through looking at the Holy Spirit. Life is different when it is lived under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Life is different when it's lived under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's better. It's, uh, you're, you're, you're stronger. And God can do greater things through your life than you ever thought possible. And so for the past uh, couple of weeks, we've, we've uh, ca- tried to catch a glimpse of uh, who the Holy Spirit is and, and what he does by looking at, at some of the, the images and, and metaphors in Scripture. Last week, we, we, we looked at several. We looked at fire uh, and, and uh, the image of fire and the Spirit is compared to uh, fire in Scripture. It, uh, fire consumes and it purifies and it softens and it strengthens and it, it, it brings comfort. Uh, a, a dove is a, is a big metaphor that is used for the Holy Spirit. Uh, the the imagery of of being innocent and, and pure and providing peace with God, uh, even uh, the image of a sacrifice uh, that we come to God uh, with uh, at sacrificing uh, ourselves, and the the dove has poured himself out for us. The the uh, the image of air, uh, either breath uh, the breath of life that the Holy Spirit brings, or or the wind and the and the power that the, the wind might bring, uh, cleansing that that wind can can blow through and and bring bring uh, uh, cleansing. All of those images we uh, we talked about last week, and all of them uh, speak to who the Holy Spirit is and what he what he does in our lives. Uh, there's there are there are other metaphors for the Holy Spirit uh, in Scripture, and today I want us to look at, at just one more, um, uh, and and. Um, not not so that we can just think okay that's cool now i've got some some pictures or some images but but uh, but but i i don't want us to just learn about the holy spirit i want us to experience the Holy Spirit. I, I want us to know the Holy Spirit. I, I, I want to know what it what it means to submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit's influence in our lives. I want us to be under the influence. I, I don't know all there is to, to to know about this. We're we're each on a journey getting to know uh, God more and experiencing the Spirit, and and, and yet uh, I, I know that because of that, I want more. And tomorrow maybe more, and next week maybe more. And I hope that you're on that journey as well. As God uh, lives within us, his spirit uh, not only lives with us, but within us, he, he, uh, he, we can experience him in fresh new ways. And, and so one more picture of the Holy Spirit today, and that is water. There, there's so much that, uh, that, that relates to water and the Holy Spirit and how this all works, what it does for us, how much we, we, we need it, how much we thirst for it. Uh, we catch a glimpse of that through, uh, uh, through that video a little bit. There, there are multiple mentions in scripture of, uh, of uh, the, the Holy Spirit related to water or the, the, the things that water uh, can do for us. Isaiah 44, 3 says, I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Uh, John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, it says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. In John chapter 7, uh, Jesus says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this, he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. 
And then in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Again, under the influence. So what does water bring that, uh, that, that tells us or informs us a little bit about the Holy Spirit? The first thing is that water brings life. Right uh, In these passages, uh, water is life-giving. It leads to eternal life. Streams will flow from us, streams in a dry and thirsty land. Life is not very good without water. Life in the desert is a hard life. Not much, if anything, grows. Uh, uh, many things uh, uh, die before they find the water that they need to survive. Water means life. The Holy Spirit means life. Uh, John chapter 6, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. Romans 8, uh, verse 6, and then verses 10 and 11, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. If Christ is in you, then, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. The Spirit gives life. That's this uh, abundant uh, uh, life, more and better life than we've ever dreamed of uh, that, that, that Jesus came to bring. Uh, it, it's what we're, we're talking about when we say uh, we live to love people to life. Uh, the Spirit brings that life, that abundant life, uh, real, amazing, uh, uh, abundant life. It's like a river flowing deep within us. It, it, it nourishes us with life, and then it flows from us to nourish others with, uh, with the Spirit's life as well. The Spirit is life. Water gives us that image and, and speaks to that. What, what, can, what water can do, the Spirit can do all the more uh, in, in, in our lives and through our lives. Another thing that we think of, that I think of when I think about water, and that is uh, cleaning things up, right? Uh, cleansing. Um, Water purifies and cleanses. Uh, water plays a huge role in our lives when we clean uh, whatever, right? We clean ourselves, we clean our dishes, we clean our cars, we clean our dogs. Uh, we, whatever we want to be clean, uh, we're going to use water to do it uh, most of the time. And as, as I've already talked with some of the other images last week, uh, uh, the, the, one of the Holy Spirit's main jobs is to cleanse us. To get rid of sin. Uh, fire does that by uh, purifying. Uh, wind does that, blowing through and getting rid of debris. But, but uh, really the, the, the strong image there is water, that it cleanses us, that it, it purifies us, gets rid of the, 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 the dirt and the filth of sin in us. Uh, the, the, the spirit uh, as, as water uh, shows us that one of the, his main jobs is to cleanse us, to purify us, to get rid of sin in our lives. Power. Uh, we've talked about this in, in uh, several of the other images as well, uh, but water also has tremendous power. I, I remember, um, yeah, I've been to Niagara Falls several times, and I'm still amazed that they let you get as close to the edge as they do. There's a little railing about this high, and you could, you know, just kind of whatever. And uh, so you're standing there, and I mean, the, it's like right there, and it's just, I mean, you just, uh, overwhelmingly powerful to think about uh, if if someone was to get in there, if you uh, uh, d- just real, and I guess people that 
jump in a barrel and go over, they could tell you about the power. And then, then if you're, if you're on the mate of the mist below the falls and you're coming in and all that mist is everywhere, but you just hear that and you, it's just, oh, this overwhelming, you know, they, they harness that power, not only on the Niagara River, but many other places or, or they'll dam up a river in, in order to harness the power of water as that rushes through. And they, they, uh, they have electrical plants and, and whole cities are, are, uh, are powered by the rush of, uh, of water. Uh, water brings Power, and, and power is a key component uh, of the Spirit in our lives. So we've got, um, we've got his, uh, his, his cleansing, and uh, we've, we've got his, his power, and we've got the life that, uh, that he brings. I, I think it's also significant, uh, all of these images, not only do they have kind of this aggressive power, blah, 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 boom, kind of, uh, kind of thing, but also all of these images bring this... Uh, I don't know, this in, encouragement, uh, a soothing comfort, because there's an element of water that's not all, wah, you know, it's, it's comfort. I mean, a tall glass of water on a hot summer day is refreshing. The Holy Spirit brings refreshment. Uh, jumping into a swimming pool on an August afternoon uh, takes our breath away, uh, usually in a good way. Uh, water brings excitement and adventure, like like uh, white water rafting down uh, down the, uh, the the current. It can be beautiful and majestic, like a, a picturesque uh, uh, a mountain lake, or uh, looking at the vast ocean, and we're just overwhelmed with with the scene. Water has a calming, soothing effect. Many people like to listen to water sounds as they drift off to sleep each night. Um, water is. Soothing and beautiful and refreshing. The Holy Spirit is soothing and beautiful and refreshing. So water uh, is multifaceted. I think these images, you know, you can, you can take them even further. Uh, they're, they're just kind of scratching the surface here as we think about the Holy Spirit is all of these things and more. And this is how he works and, and what he does. Uh, one scripture that, that, that uses, uh, the script, uh, one place where scripture, uh, uses, uh, a term for the Holy Spirit or what the Holy Spirit does, uh, it kind of relates to this water thing. He talks about him being poured out or us being filled up or filled with. The Holy Spirit, right? And so we think about kind of this pouring out and filling up. Uh, uh, before uh, Pentecost Sunday, uh, when the church was born, when the Holy Spirit was given, uh, it appears that, that, that the Holy Spirit in Scripture, if you were to, to, to walk through, and I've already told you the Holy Spirit is, is uh, present cover to cover. He was present before creation, and uh, he's present all the way through it. So it's not just that the Holy Spirit was like created at the day of Pentecost. He'd always been working, but, but it, it appears that that he was uh, usually given in order to accomplish specific things uh, in specific people's lives uh, for specific purposes. Uh, in Exodus, uh, the 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 uh, people are out in the wilderness and they're they're uh, building the, uh, the the tabernacle where they're going to worship God. And, and God has some very specific instructions on the the curtains and the the bowls and the lampstand and the all the the tables and and how they how big they are. And then it says uh, that uh, that the, the people that were they, they were craftsmen literally, and they put name name them by. By name and these craftsmen and the people working with them were actually it says in Exodus they, they were filled with the Spirit in order to be empowered to do their work. They were they, the the Holy Spirit was given uh, specifically for them to accomplish the task of of creating these elements of this holy uh, tabernacle that they were building. 
Uh, Throughout the Old Testament, we see that certain prophets were were, were filled with the Spirit or spoken to by the Spirit so that they could prophesy to the people at at certain times. Uh, It it appears, though, that in Acts chapter 2, something something significant happened, something unique happened. So there was this 10-day prayer service or prayer meeting, I guess, and uh, then then the the Holy Spirit... uh, well, wind blew and fire descended and, and uh, the Holy Spirit filled 120 people who had been gathered in that upper room uh, uh, praying and, and focused on God and, and they began to proclaim the good news and, uh, of Jesus in multiple languages that they had not learned and it was a supernatural event. They looked drunk. People thought they'd had too much wine. Uh, they were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. But but it wasn't just for that specific time and place. But but now uh, this says uh, that 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 it had a lasting effect. It was going to continue on. Quite a change took place. I like to look at the at the life of Peter as kind of example number one uh, before Acts chapter two. So in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the story of Jesus. Uh, Peter's kind of the, the 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 main disciple that we see a lot about here and there, and we see over and over again that he's kind of bumbling around a little bit, and he put his foot in his mouth on multiple occasions. He just kind of blurt out whatever came first, and 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 uh, Jesus even at one point said, um, "You're kind of acting like the devil. Uh, get." Get, get out of my way. Uh, just a, a few weeks prior to this day, on the day of Pentecost, uh, Peter, just a couple months, I guess, uh, Peter uh, had denied that he even knew Jesus three times. And, uh, and, and yet, uh, on this day, the day of Pentecost, after being filled with the Spirit, uh, Peter boldly speaks to a crowd of thousands he heals people. He he let the, he leads the church with uh, with 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 strength and and with character and with boldness. Uh, I guess I I think it'd do great. We don't have time to walk through it today, but but uh, at some point uh, in your your um, personal time with God, I challenge you to maybe read the book of Luke and then read the first half of the book of Acts. Uh, so the book of Luke uh, is written by Luke and. Um, the book of Acts, whether you knew this or not, is also written by Luke. And so you kind of get the same, same guy and, and, and you can, uh, but pay specific attention to the character of Peter and, and what he was like prior to and, and what he was like after. And, and you'll get this glimpse, uh, this, 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 uh, it's more than a glimpse. You'll, you'll get this, this, uh, overwhelming sense that, that's this power, uh, that, uh, that the Holy Spirit provided changed Peter on that day. Um, the difference was the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples at Pentecost, and they were forever changed. They were empowered for life and for ministry. And and yet, multiple times, I, I say that, that it was this forever change, but then then we also see several times where, where the Holy Spirit keeps on filling the same people. Uh, it says in Acts chapter 2, they were filled, and then in Acts chapter 4, verse 8, it says that Peter was filled again, and then in uh, 4.31, it says they were filled again and empowered to speak boldly. In Acts uh, 13.52, it says the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. So it appears that this filling, this life-changing, uh, keeps on being renewed. And, and it's not just a one-and-done kind of deal, but it continues on. It also appears that it's possible to be saved but not to be filled. 
Acts chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. Uh, so Paul is now uh, traveling around and, and, uh, and speaking and, and, and teaching and preaching. And, and uh, then there's this other guy, Apollos, who is uh, following Christ and, uh, and, and uh, preaching as well. But he didn't quite have the full picture. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, uh, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And Paul talked to him, and, and they received the Holy Spirit. Um, yet Peter tells the crowd in Acts chapter 2, uh, he says in part of his sermon there, he says, uh, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So which is it, or is it both? Do you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Or, or uh, is, there, is, there the, is the filling or indwelling of the Holy Spirit something, something different? Uh, theologians have, uh, have uh, argued both sides of that for years and years. Uh, different uh, denominations have grown up on both sides of those, those issues. Certainly when we repent and we ask for God's saving grace in our lives, the, the Spirit is active and present. It's not that He is not there. Uh, he continues to, to, to move and work. He's the one that has wooed us or drawn us uh, to, to, to Christ in the first place. And that, but that just begins our journey of following Jesus. It's the, it's the starting point. And as we mature in our faith and as we open ourselves up more and more to the work of the Holy Spirit and we grow closer and closer in relationship to Him, there's, there comes a time when there is a full surrender or a giving up completely. Our faith tradition has, uh, has, has put a, a name to that called entire sanctification, which is a, a great church word. Um, and, um, and yet we probably, you probably haven't used that term in your, uh, in your daily conversations much. Basically, it means that there is this second work of grace, that as we are walking in the fullness of, of Christ and we're getting to know him more and he points out, hey, this needs to change and that needs to change and, and, and I want to know you more here and, and I want to go, go with you here and I want you to go there. And as we do that and as we submit ourselves more and more to him, there comes a time when we say, I give up. Holy Spirit, just do it. <laughs> Fill me <laughs> completely. How do we experience that? What is it? Is it just a simple? I, I guess because I'm a preacher, I'm gonna gonna lay out a few points or steps. And I hesitate to even call them steps because I'm not sure that this is always A B C D E equals whatever. But but I think these things are are true. I'm not sure that it's a formula or a recipe, although it's kind of a formula and a recipe uh, for how we can encounter uh, the, the the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And and I want you to uh, to to take these things, to wrestle with them, to to uh, maybe take them uh, with you, to respond to what the Holy Spirit is uh, is is talking to you. I guess what I want you to, to to know is that you can have meaning and direction. You can experience victory over sin. You can uh, walk close to God each day, and you can have the promise and hope of eternity in heaven. And you can have peace and power and joy and courage and cleansing and anointing. And it, it starts with. We've already sung about it today. It starts with surrender, sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. A living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And, and, and right there, uh, at, at point number one, is, uh, is really the sticking point for most of us. Because complete surrender doesn't sound too fun. We, uh, we, we, like to, we like to kind of be in charge, right? It's a funny thing about... Uh, Trying to be filled with something is that you, that you have to be empty of other things first. Uh, I know many people who cannot fit one or both of their cars in their garage because there's too much stuff. I'm not judging. I'm not asking for, for, you know, testimony here. I'm just saying that if that's you, you know what I'm talking about. If the car is going to get in the garage, there's going to have to be a lot, of, a lot of stuff that comes out first or gets rearranged or organized or, you know, maybe it's garage sale time. I, whatever the case, in order to be filled with something else, you've got to empty it of, of what's already there. And there, there are many well-meaning followers of God today who cannot be filled with the life-giving Holy Spirit because they're hanging on to too much stuff. They haven't offered their lives as a sacrifice to God. We live in this world of of distractions and temptations. We think we know best. Uh, We want to be able to control things, but I don't know if we'd look back and see that. Usually that's when we get into trouble, right? Uh, God has an amazing uh, life planned for us. Not, not what we would plan. I'm not saying that it's, it's, uh, it's, it's smooth and easy, but it's best. <laughs> Submitting to God's leadership, letting him direct your steps, uh, trusting and obeying God in everything. That's what leads to, that's what is abundant life. And so it starts with giving up, surrender. We want to be in charge. We want to be the one that's, that's uh, dictating and directing how things go. But, but instead we surrender. We, we, we give in to the, the flow of the river, the flow of the spirit, right? We don't need to figure it all out. We don't need to, we don't need to know where it's heading. We trust and obey in everything. And we let him clean things out. We give ourselves over to God's control. We surrender. We offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. Another thing that's involved here is that we have to ask. Uh, there's a, a great little verse, a couple of verses in Luke chapter 11, uh, where Jesus is, uh, is talking. It's actually part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is, uh, is talking and, and, and talking about how we parent and, and we're kind of not the perfect parents, and then how that relates to how he parents. It says, uh, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives. Uh, to the, uh, the one who seeks finds. And the, to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake instead? Or if he asked for an egg, would give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It's a a promise. (laughs) A lot of times we don't experience the blessings of God. We don't experience the Spirit of God because we haven't asked for it. (laughs) I I mean, God is a loving Father who who only wants what is best for us. So don't be afraid to ask. Hebrews 4.16 says that we can go boldly before the throne of grace with confidence. The Holy Spirit... Scripture says, is ours for the asking. 
We surrender ourselves to him. We ask him. There's, there's obedience involved here too. Acts chapter five, verse 32 says, we are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to who? Those who obey him. We have to be in right relationship with God. Disobedient children don't get what they ask for. I don't, right? I, usually, right? Dad, I don't care anything about what, uh, what you're telling me and I'm not gonna do what you, but can I have 50 bucks? Yet, no, you're not. Disobedient children don't get what they ask for. If, if we're not obeying, we probably won't even be asking anyway, right? But, but we won't, we must have a clear conscience before God. Uh, a precursor to the Holy Spirit coming is repentance. It's a, it's a holy humility that submits to and obeys the will of God. I've already said that the Holy Spirit cleanses us, right? He, he convicts us of our sin. So when we sense that, that guilt, uh, that, 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 uh, conviction that, that something is wrong, that we need to do something in order that there's a block in our relationship, what do we do? Well, we either submit to that or we resist that, right? And if we're resisting that, then we're not going to be open to the, the blessing and the filling of the Holy Spirit. But if we submit to that and we say, you're right and I'm sorry and I will obey and I repent, then then we're opening ourselves up to the cleansing and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Obedience is key. Disobedience hinders the work of the Spirit in our lives. So so part of this process somewhere, I don't know the steps and whatever, but but, uh, somewhere in there, we've got to allow God to evaluate us. As we surrender to him, part of that surrender is uh, what needs to change? How How do we get this all cleaned up? Another element is belief, trust, faith. Uh, Galatians 3 speaks to this. It says, I would like to learn just one thing from you. So Paul is talking, and some of his letters are a little, can we use the word surly, I guess? Um, he, he gets a little bit like, er, with, uh, with these people because they're just not listening and they've gone again. So, so he says, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? A few verses later, he says, so again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law? In other words, following doot, 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 doot. Or, or, or does, uh, or is it by believing what you heard? And then he uses Abraham as example. Uh, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. There's full faith, belief, trust in God is, is an essential part of all this. We must believe that this is really possible. It is possible that God wants us to live by his power, not not just our own power. We have to believe that. I've uh, quoted uh, the late pastor and theologian A.W. Tozer several times over these weeks. Here's one more. Uh, he says this, I am talking about his, God, the Holy Spirit, by, about his coming and possessing the full body and mind and life and heart, taking the whole personality over gently but directly and bluntly, and making it his, so that we may become a habitation of God through his spirit. You believe that? I don't know that we do believe that. I, don't, I, I think we think that it's up to us, that we need to follow the rules and, and follow the law. Do we believe that we can truly come to God 
and allow him to possess our full body and mind and life and heart, uh, taking the, our whole personality over gently, but also directly and bluntly, and, and make it God's, so that we become a habitation, that God is literally living within us through his spirit. That's, that's the thing. That's the point. That's the, that's the goal. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection of the dead. I haven't obtained all this. I'm not made perfect, but I press on to take on that which Christ Jesus has has taken hold of me. I surrender to him. I I, I give up. I I, I trust him. I I believe that this is possible. Or do we believe that we're just going to bumble around through life? And when we do... God's going to forgive us and we can get back on track. And then we bumble around again and then God's going to forgive us and we get... As I read scripture, it appears to me that there's more to the abundant life than bumbling around. The abundant life is life lived for God, a habitation of the spirit of God within us. We will be living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. One thing I've noticed about water, the people that appreciate it the most are the thirsty people. I mean, it, there's, there's benefit to uh, making sure you get your however many eight-ounce glasses of water a day, right? We, we, we know it when we haven't done that. But it's, it's, the, it, it's the, 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 the thirsty people are the ones who drain the glass in a moment and then fill it up again and then drain it again because they can't get enough. They truly sense their need. What if, what if we sought after the presence of the Holy Spirit like a thirsty person seeks something to quench their thirst? Psalm 42.1 says just that, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. When was the last time you panted after God? When you couldn't get enough fast enough? When was the last time I panted after God? That I couldn't get enough fast enough? Father God, we thank you for your spirit. Forgive us for the times when we live life without acknowledging your spirit. Forgive us for the times when we say no to the urgings and the promptings of your spirit. I pray that you would bring your cleansing today. I pray that you would bring your encouragement today, your blessing, your peace, your strengthening. Lord, I pray that you can do a supernatural work in our hearts, that you would draw us to your presence today, that we would sense your spirit that we could know your presence, that we could know you a little bit more. So, Lord, I pray that this would just be a place where your spirit rules the day. Guide us, help us to know you more this morning. In Jesus' name.